Welcome to Everything Acting Podcast, where we look to inform, inspire, and demystify the actor's journey. I am sitting here with a returning guest who has made some big changes in her life, Liz Ortiz Mackis. Thank you for saying my name correctly. Yay! <laughs> so, Liz, um, when I originally met you, you were focused on casting, a casting director. Right. Tell us about how your life has changed. Well, the life has changed because the career has shifted. And when you and I first had the pleasure of meeting each other, I think it's going on 10 years. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And I'll never, I'll never forget the day where you had auditioned for a feature film that we were working on. And I had the director had a, something that was so pressing that he needed to share with you. And I literally was chasing you down a hallway to get you back to uh, exchange some critical information. And we were so fortunate that uh, we found you and that um, this collaboration between uh, the two of us and some other wonderful people, uh, that journey began. So uh, I just want to thank you because I do consider you uh, family on every level. And it's what we need in this industry to gravitate toward sane, brilliant, like-minded souls so that we could stay grounded in this very unpredictable uh, world that we live in, not only the world outside, but the world in terms of work that is very important for us to be driven enough to take whatever path's necessary to keep it alive. So to answer your question, probably in about 2008, when a lot of us, whether we're small business owners or otherwise, we're beginning to experientially understand what was going on with the economy. Ah, yes. The dreaded recession. Right. <laughs> right. So Finally trickled down to the little people. <laughs> right. And I think that, that a lot of us as individuals were experiencing the effects of that. Big time. Uh, big time. Collectively yeah. and individually. Yeah. Anytime there's right. going to be less money moving around, right. there's going to be less opportunity for productions. Exactly. And we work, you know, I like to say we work at the pleasure of the king. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Exactly. That's really what it's like. Yes. It's so sacred. Yes. And there's that uh, reverence. And I'm one of those obnoxious people that I don't want to hold on to your ticket if we're going to the theater. I want you to have your own ticket because you are not going to be late. Yes. And if you're late, then you can uh, show up later on. But I have such respect. I consider it sacred space. I, c I consider it church. So, yes, I like how you put that where there's that reverence. And then if you are aspiring to craft a life doing what you love, albeit the challenges, then we have to have a responsibility with acknowledging certain things that impact business because at the end of the day, it's business. Oh, absolutely. So about 2008-ish, uh, the calls, emails to uh, be booked uh, to cast were drying up. Yep. Right. There are less productions. That right. means there are less right. casting directors working. Right. And you are a well-established casting director. Up until then, you've been casting what? Every, pretty much everything. Mm -hmm. um, theater, commercials, industrials film, mm -hmm. print, pretty much a little bit of everything. My love, my first love at that time um, was theater, mm -hmm. uh, followed up by independent film. But going back to that 2008, 2009 period, mm -hmm. probably going into 2010, the theater company that I was the resident casting director for eight seasons, so I probably cast about 75 plays. Are you kidding? 75? Wow. Something that's... like that. So every six weeks I was casting a play. That's awesome. Just interacting with the most brilliant performers mm -hmm. and then being able to pull from that wonderful talent pool mm -hmm. to bring them in for commercials, to bring, them, to bring them in for film. And you know they're going to be awesome and you, yeah, and this you, is nothing, you know, this is easy for them. Right, and you want to give those brilliant artists work. They become your friends. They become your collaborators. Yeah. You you watch out for them. Um, not many, and people take this the right way. <laughs> um, if I had to put it to a percentage, I would say three to five percent of what comes in, of who comes in, 
are the gems. And then the challenge of our job is to sift through the 96 or 97% that maybe it's a wolf in sheep's clothing where they're not quite the aspirational artists that uh, we would like or that they may be mm -hmm. um, alluded to be. Right. And it's not to be harsh or mean. It's just really what it is. And for actors who do audition regularly, and let me ask you this to mm -hmm. see how you respond, don't you find the paradox that when you come into audition for quality projects, aren't you pretty much up against the same people? Oh yeah. You, you, oh, you, yeah. yeah, you run into the same people, but the irony is there's so many that want to do this work, but the same people come in over and over again for the quality roles. That just tells you the cream rises to the top and it's about the craft and it's about the work. Um, Although there are issues, I'm going to just digress for half a second. Although okay. there are issues where a casting director is interfacing with producers and um, investors, and this is true, and this is something that I find abhorrent, mm -hmm. which is why during that 2008-2009 uh, shift of awareness to focus into other things, where investors are checking, well, how many Twitter followers do they have? What's their IMDb rating? Oh, absolutely. And I'm about, I saw, you know, I went to the Billy Holiday Theater in Bed-Stuy and found all these amazing actors for this project and you're not going to consider them because they don't have uh, 5,000 yes. plus Twitter followers. So that was just dawning around that time to get back to your question. Right, right. Right? So... I realized as the theater company went out of business due to the economic downturn, which devastated me, I, I, yeah, I'm still not fully recovered, yes. to be honest with you, mm -hmm. because I don't have a theater home right. you know, that's um, ongoing. Right. I loved being part of a theater company, mm -hmm. part of their creative team. Yeah. Maybe one day it will find me again, and I'll happily would love to be the casting director of residence for... Yeah. Uh, a theater company of merit. Yes. Again, to do works written by brilliantly talented playwrights means something to me. So in that drying up, in feeling dissatisfied with the lack of creativity for commercials and industrials mm -hmm. and dealing with the um, trickle down of ad agency well, let's start with manufacturer, right. ad agency, production company, director, producer, me, right. agents, managers, and actors. That chain of command uh, and the and the pressure um, wasn't really resonating with me so much. Mm -hmm. It wasn't fun anymore. It wasn't creative. I didn't enjoy it. So I was encouraged by... Um, people who had seen me teach and give workshops, I was encouraged to write a book. So I wrote the first edition of my book, which I'm not plugging, but I am. But, uh, no, but no, I am because be I'm not being shy, shy because it's part of, it's really answering your question. Yeah. So I mm -hmm. knew, well, I got to keep myself um, relevant in this industry. I don't really want to hustle for casting jobs because the jobs that really mean something to me creatively aren't gained by a hustle, but gained through meaningful alliances. Right. Mm -hmm. And those take time. Mm -hmm. At the same token, you still need to be visible and current. Right. So I set out to, I was encouraged to, and I stepped up to the challenge. I was encouraged by uh, Franz Reynold, who works for the Screen Actors Guild. Well, now it's the SAG After Foundation, but at the time it was just SAG, uh, for the SAG After Foundation to write um, Ace Your Acting Audition. That was five years ago. And that was very grounding to take the um, audition advice and tips and what I would give my coaching clients and my okay. students. Um, to put it in one place. And what was the name of that book? 
ace your acting audition. And the second edition, which I just wrote, is about to come out. Hold it up and say it to the camera, honey. Ace your acting audition, second edition. So it's a lot bigger. And you're actually in the book, Roz. Yay. Yay. Um, the difference of the second edition, it's updated. A lot has changed with technology mm-hmm. and social media yes. and the business in the last five years. Also, as a result of the um, residual effects of the um, economic downturn. Yes. So that also, um, the biggest um, addition to the second edition of the book is an industry survey, which Roz, you're part of the industry that I reached out to, but um, I think we reached out to about 31 industry professionals, professional actors, producers, directors, agents, managers, and um, casting directors. Mm-hmm. So we asked them eight questions. Okay. These are questions that I've gotten many times over the years. And um, with minimal editing, we present their answers. Some give just one sentence sound bites. Others could have written their own book um, <laughs> with uh, how much they waxed poetic with their responses to the questions. Okay. Uh, we also have a section for young performers. Uh, we also have an open letter to performers with mixed abilities. I don't really like the term disabilities, although it's used very broadly. I uh, prefer the term mixed abilities. Uh, for those of you that know me, my arc is inclusion, diversity, telling stories um, for the voices that need to be heard. So that really wasn't happening during that 2008, 2009. I was able to ground my work in this book to resurrect it and to uh, make it fresh and current for where I am. So when I would get a gem of a script, because I base my casting decisions on scripts, and I'm being told by the producer that the budget's really compromised and they need so many things, very organically, I was contributing to the project, not only as a casting director, but very unexpectedly as a producer, just from being in New York for most of my life and uh, collaborating with brilliant people over the years and having very healthy, productive alliances, all of a sudden I'm getting double credit. So I became twice as valuable and two jobs were gained at a lower cost because I I started to market myself as a hybrid. So that's how the career changed. I found that I discovered I'm really good at producing the same way I found I discovered about 10 years ago that I'm really, I'm a really good teacher. These were opportunities that I allowed in. I didn't look for them consciously. Perhaps I did unconsciously. I didn't seek them out consciously, but to be open and receptive. I think all of us need to be open and receptive to see what undiscovered gifts are within us. And I feel my gift is that I recognize the gifts in others. So whether it's writing, actors coming into audition, working with a creative team so I can recommend crew for productions that I'm on board, not only as a casting director, but also um, as a producer. So to be open, not be locked in, because I think the universe has a greater plan for us that we could possibly come up with. So to release that struggle and not call it a struggle, but what I call a crisis of reinvention, where you're kind of forced, right, to reinvent yourself. And then you realize, wow, five years from writing the book, I now have a production company called I Ain't Playing Films, and it's not a joke. The name's <laughs> not a joke, because if people can't, can't, cannot get past the name, I Ain't Playing Films, because I ain't playing, they're not going to get past this. And it's not going to work out. So it's a time saver. <laughs> a little litmus test. It's just a time saver. It's a, it's, a, it's a time saver. And it's just th- so gratifying. Yes, it's hard work. And I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It's the challenge of my professional life. But to have a documentary in production and a feature in active development, because the economy was funky five years ago, is a beautiful thing. And I now identify more as a producer of micro-budget independent film than a casting director trying to hustle my next job. 
That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's great. So it's a gift. It is. Yeah, so... So I've become... um, You said one of my favorite words I just want to point out for Uh our listeners is um, that you created content, your book. You started with your book. Yes. And that is how you remained relevant and in the industry. Yes, yes. Because of the God Bless You Drama Bookshop... The fact that still today, first edition, get your copies because there's only five left on the shelf. And then after that, we're not making it anymore. Um, the wonderful prestige of uh, being in the drama bookshop. And of course, we're online at Barnes and Nobles, Amazon. Um, we're available overseas as well, mostly online. But our physical presence is at the drama bookshop. That gem, that piece of the business as New York City knows it, that mecca that um, I hope that with the real estate, nothing happens with it until after I'm no longer on the planet. You know what I'm saying? Because it is such a mecca. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a sacred space. Just having that presence there in a very understated way was that ember. And then to be out in the world as a producer who was also casting kept me going Mm -hmm. to the point of really evolving and embracing the expanded role. Growth is painful. Yes. It it is. I wish it wasn't, (laughs) but it is. But when you know that growth is painful and you can name that, Mm -hmm. it cuts the funkiness in half. And then all of a sudden, what you were so afraid of, what you resisted, it's not that bad. So tell me, what was? Right. Um, give me an example of what was painful about shifting from casting to a larger role of producing. What was one of your challenges that sort of came up for you? Just owning the responsibility. Mm-hmm. So where I would have to be involved in a broader picture to have more accountability to... Um, involve other parties Mm -hmm. to make sure that the production was worth involving people that I deeply respect. Mm -hmm. Although, yes, many things in this business are not in our control, Mm -hmm. but to work with uh, people that were smart enough to get that Mm -hmm. and to also be smart enough to turn down projects that didn't feel so safe in the bigger picture. Because I could take the hit, but what about the team? And to to always know that it's not about the dollar. It's never about the dollar for me. It's it's about the work. It's about the writing. And I regularly turn down, probably once a month, if not more often, I turn down uh, casting opportunities or production opportunities because they're not right. Because um, So tell me, when you read a... Um a micro-budget indie script, Mm -hmm. Um, what is it that jumps out at you that makes you say, yes, I do want to produce this? This this one has my name on it. The first first component is brilliant writing. Mm -hmm. That's first and foremost. The second component would be the creative team. Mm -hmm. Who's involved in this? Right. Who do I want to collaborate with? Right. And I feel that if you're working with people that are at least at the same, if not a little further along than where you are, mm-hmm. then you're going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So like for actors, if they're looking to find what showcase should I be in, you know, what um, equity approved showcase should I get involved in? You want to look at the other the other actors and not feel like, oh, my God, they have an agent. They have – yeah, that's good because their agent will see them and then they're going to see you. Exactly. You know what I mean? So kind of you want to look toward who's at your level and who's actually further. And to be so happy for your friends that are moving along further. Mm-hmm. You know, not to be like this, but to be like, yes, because that will come back to you mm-hmm. if it's genuine and authentic. So brilliant writing, the creative team, the production value. You can never judge a project by its budget. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. So do yeah. you look at the, um, so you get a script. Yes. So you like the story. Right. And then what's your next move? I, I Google or IMDb every, every name that's attached to it and I 
do my due diligence. I do my I do my research on the individuals involved. Then I think it's really important to have a face to face meeting because again, like my earlier point, if they can't get past I past I ain't playing films, right. they can't get past me. They need to meet me in person to see if I'm their girl, right? Because it's like dating, and I I know in the first ten minutes. <laughs> so funny. I know in the first 10 minutes right. um, if I have a shot at the job or not. I know within the first 10 minutes. I can tell um, with the person that I'm sitting opposite, like, oh, they so don't get this. <laughs> they need to go. They need to look elsewhere. Yeah. And I'm not mad at anybody for that. Yeah. Or, oh, my God, I really want to be in the running for this. Right. And it's naive for me to think that they're not talking to other casting people. I encourage it. Right. I want that director, that producer to feel that they went with a strong choice. I don't have to be the first choice, but I always want to be a strong choice. So now when you come on to a film and yeah. you're going to cast it, you're also bringing your producing services. Mm -hmm. um, I think for the audience... I think it's really confusing the word producer. Yes, it is. So why don't you tell me what kind of producer you are? What do you yes. do when you actually do on a film when you're producing? Thank you so much for that question because it's such a broad term. I think a lot of people, when they hear producer, they think, well, she's just going to write checks. No, this girl's not going to This girl's not going to write. Uh, well, sometimes I do write checks. That's not true. But I'm not going to um, necessarily be identified as an executive producer or an investor. Right. That will that that's my main role to get that credit as executive producer or producer that it's on the financial end. Although um, for productions that are directly through I ain't playing films, yes, your check will say. I ain't playing films on it. However, specifically to what I do, and on our website, which is I ain't playing films.com, but there's no G. Okay. I ain't playing films because that's how much we're not playing. We're not even putting the G in there. I ain't playing films.com. The slogan or the tagline is independent film production with the twist of casting. And that really is the initial way to answer that question. Mm -hmm. So I can give support or I give support as to demystifying the casting process and different strategies. Um, yes, we're always dealing with what names can we attach and to um, navigate that that minefield, mm -hmm. um, especially at the micro budget, you have to be very creative and you have to look to your alliances with name actors. But at the same token, it's good cop, bad cop, because they'll be the good cop, but their publicist, mm -hmm. manager, agent will be the bad cop. And a lot of times we'll keep the micro budget projects away from them. So it's very strategic. So I bring that expertise uh -huh. as a producer. So that twist of casting, of course, I can cast it all day, every day. Um, also, to bring in crew. I know phenomenal, kind, brilliant people who work like I do on a sliding scale, mm -hmm. whether it's um, your wonderful husband, uh, <laughs> Craig Williams, right. Redwall Productions, right. who is actually my editor for um, the documentary that I'm writing and producing. No, I'm not writing it. Well, yes, I am uh, writing, producing, and directing. Um, to have that priceless support um, from a brilliant editor, so to know editors, to know makeup people, to know sound people, so to have a good firsthand working experience um, and alliances with crew to, um, that is so important. Yes. That can make or break a film. Absolutely. And I think what yeah. the audience needs to understand is if, I mean, I, I don't know if I've told this story before, but choosing the wrong crew people can literally make or break ruin it. Ruin right. the film. You can, you will not Absolutely. finish your day. Absolutely. If you don't finish your day. Right. That means another day you have to pay people. That's right. That means the film won't get finished. You stack That's right. up some unfinished days That's right. and the film is not finished. That's right. So there are critical crew members who can make that happen or not make Absolutely. that Absolutely. It's just as critical as casting because we look for the same things. But before I talk about casting in that context, I also want to say that you, my 
dear, dear friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rosalind Coleman-Williams is also the consulting director uh, for the documentary. Because Tell about the documentary. Give him a... I'll, I'll give okay. you a little thing, and then I'm going to go back to, to okay. your question about casting. Um, mm-hmm. So Rosalind is my consulting um, director because... I never set out to direct this feature length documentary, but I found myself having lunch with Roz, (laughs) crying in my food, and she basically insisted that I was the person to do this. And I said, a reluctant, very fearful, yes, to my earlier point, um, growth is painful. Yes. And that was a uh, that was a moment that I a very intimate moment that I could share with someone um, in a very safe way, who had the grace to allow that awkward, painful growth moment to just be expressed, and then to move forward rather quickly and to own that role as as director. And with Raz's help and support as the consulting director. I feel that she really is, the, you know, to be cliche, she really is the wind beneath my, my wings for this project. Oh. But in a nutshell, um, this documentary is called And Seen, A Woman's Journey to Walk Again. And it really is about what will, you, what will it take and what would you do to pursue your dream? It really is. And very, very briefly, it's about a lovely actress, musical theater performer, and so much more. A lovely young woman by the name of Jamie Patron, who I've known for a few years and we've become friends. She, um, when she was in conservatory um, in uh, college for musical theater, she was given a mis. She had a misdiagnosis and a, given a lethal prescription dosage of medication. Ended up having a systemic spinal cord injury, and then over time, found herself that she had no option but to uh, have to use a uh, wheelchair. Fast forward um, thirteen years later, as a wheelchair user, but this began ni- nineteen years ago. She is now in uh, several studies uh, utilizing robotic exoskeletons to uh, learn to walk again. And one would think, well, why isn't your documentary about her learning to walk again? It is, but it's really about doing whatever it takes to own and live your dream Mm -hmm. because she is a working actress and her hustle is so impressive that um, I was actually joking with uh, Craig our editor, that we should change to the title to what's your excuse? <laughs> because it really encompasses the universal drive that those that will pursue their dreams and goals at any cost. That's what the film is about. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it really does make you feel watching the footage and certainly being around you and Jamie, um, um, it certainly makes you feel as if you have to step up your game. Yes. It's like your own hustle right. needs to get stronger. Yeah. What's your excuse? What's and your excuse? a very, very interesting component mm-hmm. is that just because a person is a person with a mixed ability, whether they're a wheelchair user or they have uh, other different various issues, why are you going to put the burden of inspiration on them? You're so inspiring. They didn't ask to be the source of inspiration. Yeah. So you be the source of your inspiration, and then we can all support each other. Don't hang that on me, you know? And um, I've gotten it. I'm sure you have, mm-hmm. too, um, where b- being a professional, being a mom, being a wife, always on your hustle, and our lives are very parallel. Yeah. How do you do it? I say, I don't know. <laughs> I just do it. And that's really the yeah. point. You just, it's like that Nike ad, which was so brilliant years ago. Just do it. Yes. Yeah. I think my ad would be shut up and just do it, but just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever yeah. I get that question, I really don't like it. Because I don't either. Right. I just feel, you know, yesterday my son 
after I reminded him several times to to put the application for middle school in his backpack, yep. he still forgot it. Yep. And it was still, you know, 2 o'clock, and please bring it now, bring it now. And everyone's going crazy because, you know, getting into middle school right. in New York is a hustle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Anything with the schools is a hustle in this town. Right? Yeah. So it, I think that in any one moment, you can be failing at it. You know? Yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> How many times have you forgotten lunch? Right. This morning. Ah! <laughs> He's like, right. I feel too I need my lunch. Right. And I'm asking other parents on the way to school, does he really need a lunch? Does he need right. a lunch? Right. And they're like, damn, I got to go get a bagel. Yeah, right, exactly. right, 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 yeah. right. Bread and butter. Eat right. this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because it's so true. Absolutely. You stop right. in the corner store. That's right. Go to the bodega. Right. Go to the, <laughs> the bodega. bodega. Here's a banana. Right, right, right. A bagel. Right. There you go. Lunch. Right, right, right. <laughs> All day, every day. Yep. Yep. So I think that um, one of the things that I really love about um, having um, have our relationship together yeah. is and what's going on with the film is that there is a mutual exchange of inspiration. And right. that feeling is really amazing because... The people that you want to be in your artistic circle, yes. they have to have something going on. Always. And I often get, oh, and I hate to say this, but I sometimes get a request mm -hmm. um, to be someone's mentor. And the person's not bringing anything to the table. Thank you. I've been in that situation far too many times. Yeah. And I just, the thing is, you have to invest in yourself Absolutely. First. You invest in yourself, I invest mm -hmm. in myself, and Wonder Twin Powers activate. But don't let it be that you're coming with with emptiness and saying, right. Roz, fill me up. Right. Asking you to be the mentor isn't the gig. Yes. That's not that's not your due diligence. Right. How many times, and I've said this far too many, have you just shaken your head in disappointment and said, I can't want this more than you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And and I think you have to earn your spot being a mentee. Yeah. You know, you really, you really do. And I, I've had quite a few people sort of go through the doors. And guess what? I like working by myself. <laughs> I actually prefer it. And yeah. my rule of thumb is if I can be as satisfied as I am alone or more so, then I want to hang out with you. Yes. Otherwise, I have a party all by myself. I'm good. Yeah, right. and you know what? There's something I heard on, on television that I really took with me, and this was um, on one of those Oprah shows, mm -hmm. is that the people who you work with have to be suited to you right. um, temperament-wise. Absolutely. Because otherwise they feel abused. Right, and right, 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 right. When or someone, intimidated. Oh, yeah. Right, right. And when someone's working with me and they have to be willing to go through the process, right. that means... Many, many, right. many rewrites. Absolutely. You are going to get it right the first time. Right. Because guess what? No, should you. No, should you. Because good writing's about rewriting. Yes. Absolutely. And that process of rewriting is rehearsal. That's right. It's the same as it the grounds you. the actor. Yes. And it's not even that what you just did wasn't worthy. Right. It's that... This is the process. Better. But yeah. this is the process. This is the process. Right. And some people find that abusive. Right. They find that frustrating. Right. They feel demoralized. That's right. By it. That's part of and it. Growth is painful. <laughs> going back, going back to that. And you know, when you had asked me what, what are the things that I do that <laughs> when I get a script? Uh, one of the earlier questions that we get to the point that we do a face-to-face -face meeting, right? Or even just the fo initial phone call. I always ask, it's kind of a trick question. Yeah. I always ask whoever I'm speaking to, what draft is this? Because if they say it's the second draft and it's locked. <laughs> then I know this person doesn't have a lot of experience and isn't going to be so much fun to work with. Right. If they say, oh, it's draft four, but you, I know by the time we start shooting, I'll have a few more in me. I'm like, okay, I can work with this because right. it tells me they get what you just talked about. Mm -hmm. That's really important. Yes. And that could, I've walked away from quite a few projects because of that resistance for doing a rewrite. I knew that in some aspect along the developmental process that this was going to blow up and fall apart and I didn't want to be part of that mess. Another thing I think about is do it until it's done. Yeah, yeah you never stop. It's a work in progress. It's always, always, always. And that there has to be a sense of 
Otherwise, you'll never finish anything. But right. a sense of, okay, I'm going to meet this deadline. Right. Real or imagined. Right. And I'm going to do it and do it and do it and do it as many right. drafts as I can. Right. Until it, until I meet the, until the de- until the time runs out. Exactly. It's like the hourglass. Right. It's like the hourglass. hourglass. Right, right, right. Exactly. Right. And that willingness to just right. nose to the grindstone. That aspiration. Yes. Right. And that this is my life. Right. How great right. this video comes right. out. How great right. this um, this piece of work, this character is developed. Right. How great right. this script is. Right. Is my right. artistic legacy. Why do they call it craft? Because you're crafting your work. Mm-hmm. That's where it comes from. And that same attitude goes right. into your book. Right. Everything. It goes into your kid. Everything. It goes into your website. It goes Everything. across the board. That's right. That's you right. know, that you're willing to do it until the clock runs out exactly. and get as many tweaks and drafts exactly. and improvements exactly. as you can get in. Exactly. The term that I actually have for that is the refinement of transformation. Right? Say it again. I'm going to say it again because we're in church now. Mm, mm. <laughs> the refinement of transformation. Because it's really what you were just talking about, that you're just always, how can I refine, how can I just make this better. How can oh. I play with it? And then knowing to step back, because you as an as a acting coach, mm-hmm. you know, and again, this is where the art of it comes. You know where that fine line is between being stuck and over-prepared and being so in that space of present-minded discovery that that's allowing the breath to tweak it, but to not be stuck that you're over prepared that you can't even be open to collaborating because from the second you walk into that room to audition you're collaborating whether you know it or not absolutely so that's part of it too to know yet you're tweaking but you're open you have to stay flexible in the work in the space in the space in the work with the others because no matter what, if you come in and do an excellent read, right. the first thing they're going to do is give you an adjustment and ask you to do it a different way. Right. And that's a good thing. Yes. Yes. Don't feel like, oh, my God, they didn't like it. No, if we didn't like it, so nice to see you. Have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you're getting an adjustment and you don't know what they're saying to you, just do it different. Mm-hmm. Just do it different. Because the kiss of death is to do it exactly the same way and to understand Wow, they want to see if we can work together. We're working. It's not rehearsal. It's we're, not rehearsal. It's not a rehearsal. Right? right? Yes. And we're in the room, and now I, I was auditioning one second ago, and right. now we're, we're working, working together. We're working. Thank Even you. if it's just for that one time, breath, and space. How that is going to be propelled into other things. The fact that your subconscious mind is identifying this as truth because your subconscious mind doesn't know the difference between that scary nightmare and you working in the room, even for that callback or whatever that is, Mm -hmm. that's just going to open your field of attraction for bigger and better things. So believe it, own it. And instead of thinking, well, I don't have the job yet. Guess what? You are working in that space. So for that point in time, the possibility is there. For all intem- at this point, nobody's hired. Then then why not hire? Why not? You're hired. Why, be, right? Hired for that breath. For, hired for you, that, that breath. breath. Yeah. As long as you have it, right. Enjoy the part. Right. Play the part. Work with the people. Right. And and let the chips fall where they may. Uh, but right. at least you played the part that day. That's right. As a matter of fact, um, your husband Craig was on a panel uh, mm-hmm. that I moderated about. Um, different aspects of performance and film. And he said something so brilliant, which I have given him credit for, but I've also stolen from him, (laughs) which um, he said, when you audition, look at that moment as the time that you are playing that role your way. This is why you guys are so great because it's so cohesive how Mm -hmm. you both, this is why I really I'm so privileged to have you guys as part of my creative family. Mm -hmm. And even more so, we're dear friends. That it's that understanding. But guess what? It takes responsibility. So when you were going back to that point about mentoring people, there's responsibility that comes with that. I can't tell you how many times 
in casting sessions, I'm just seeing a bunch of pretty people read. They're just reading. You think that was it? To just look cute and read? You're just making it really easy for those that are working at their craft in that space of refinement of transformation to tweak. Even in the room, they're tweaking. I love that when you can go into that audition room and you see that they're in discovery, but it's an audition. That's craft. That's a beautiful thing. It's rare. I hate to say that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's so wonderful when you are um, rooted enough in the story, mm-hmm. in the given circumstances, right. that you can be at that point. You're in invested summer. in it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because that is a, that's a juicy place yes. to be. Yes, it is. You know? And and if you make it to the set, which I really hope happens, yes. that's what you're going to be in take after take after take. Right. Is in that mode of right. what's happening. And no baggage, people. Right. That costs money. You know, you want to do it in as few takes as possible. That's right. You want to cover the shots they need. Yep. You know, because they have to shoot it from different angles and perspectives, etc. Mm-hmm. So uh, don't let your fear sabotage the production. That's one thing I really believe in. I believe that it's very selfish to bring your nerves and your fear to the set. It's indulgent. It's indulgent, yeah. right? Yeah. Because there's a whole heap of people here trying to make a movie. Right. And you're going to whittle it down to your fear. Right. Yeah. What I've said in my classes <laughs> um, when I've lectured right. groups of young actors and we talk about this, I say, fart on the inside. Just keep it in. Mm-hmm. You know how sometimes you wait till the elevator is empty? Do what you got to do. But don't do it on set. Yes. Don't do it on set. Again, what will it gain but negative attention? Mm-hmm. And I have witnessed actors that were booked supporting roles. And because they were so indulgent on set, it was reduced to a day player by virtue of editing. Because you pissed off the wrong people, like the director. Right. Right. Man, it is. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy. Dance, it really you is. Must, oh. You've got to show up. Yeah. You've got to show up yeah. and risk and really go for it. And I think one thing that I know that I try to do that I will suggest to our listeners is when you don't intellectually understand what the director is saying to mm. you, which sometimes it doesn't, it, it, the penny hasn't dropped in your brain. Right. Take a deep breath and just let it wash over you. Yes. And just let allow yourself to just go for it right. without the intellectual understanding. Exactly, because your subconscious knows everything. Right. And if you surrender that and just trust your subconscious, even talk to your subconscious, it's like, you better have my back because I don't know what that person just said. Yes. <laughs> so let me just break it. Even if you just break it down Sesame Street style, who, right. what, where, when. Yes. Who am I? Where am I? Who am I talking to? What do I want? What's the problem? What needs to be resolved? Boom. Even if you just did that, that is a much more active, engaged choice Mm -hmm. than just looking cute and reading. And then you can always get another adjustment. Yes. That's all you want is another take, is more collaboration. Is exactly, more, more opportunity. Is more opportunity right. to understand, more right. opportunity right. To, be, to allow yourself to be this person in this right. situation. Right. So that's going to happen when you risk right. being seen. And being vulnerable. And being vulnerable. And vulnerability is not weakness. Mm-mm. It's strength. It's strength. Although... I'm not going to lie. I was a little embarrassed when I had that lunch with you and I started to cry. <laughs> I was crying, but I knew I had to get past that. And Feel I, the fear and, and do, do it, it anyway, anyway, which is a great That's book. It. Yeah. That's it. Right. 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 That's and exactly so it. Right. We don't have to get caught up in our feelings. Right. Right. So I get it. Doesn't mean to me. It right. just means I just kept it moving. I so felt what? it. I kept you it felt moving, it and you did it anyway. I did it anyway. Right. And I kept it moving. I felt very safe with you, and because mm-hmm. I have so much respect for you, I knew I had to really consider all this information. And then my wonderful director of photography, Sabal Martin, mm-hmm. um, I did the same thing. <laughs> 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 I had coffee with her, and I, I started. I started to. I started to cry, and it was her birthday, and she said. <laughs> You know what I want for my birthday, Liz? I said, uh, 
<laughs> she said, I just want you to own this already. It's a beautiful thing. And then the tears went, okay. <laughs> they rolled back up. <laughs> and there was a pile of something in the corner of this coffee shop we were at. And I said, you see that pile of stuff? She said, yes. I said, uh, those are my balls. I'm going to go get them now. <laughs> So thanks to the two of you. It's just your, it's your desire to make this happen. If you weren't invested, neither one of us would be saying this. And I know that. And, and I, because I knew that I had to just go through that awkwardness, Mm -hmm. be okay with being awkward and vulnerable and keep it moving because your time is valuable. And so is hers as is mine. So, you know, it, it was just a matter of a few minutes with you and a few minutes with her, they were very painful minutes, but that really wasn't a huge investment of growth to take myself to this place now where I feel pretty confident now about it. You should. Yeah. And so tell me, where are you now? Because you have come so far from that day. Oh, my God. Look at you. That was not even, that was like what, about a, oh, my God, about a year ago. Wow. About a year ago that we had that lunch. And yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now, where where are you with the film? I mean, oh my God. some of the accomplishments are amazing. You've had several shoots. Yes, we've had several shoots with my brilliant crew. And, and who directed the shoots? I did. <laughs> I told you. Yes, she did. She did. I mean, she's like the horse whisperer. So before I shoot, I always have a sit down um, with Roz. But yeah, we... Um, we have submitted to many uh, places for, for grants. We did get one uh, grant award through the New York Foundation for the Arts, a small one, but an important one. We've gotten some uh, private donations as well, which is great. We've had two full shoot days with crew, and we have tons of brilliant raw footage that's shot, shot by uh, Sally Patron, who happens to be a video enthusiast. How fortunate for us, mm-hmm. and uh, Jamie's mom, who I love working with her. So that's exciting. And we just are in the process of editing a revised, updated uh, teaser and a fundraising video. So we have several people in the private sector who have been interested in contributing some funds uh, toward the film. So um, full steam ahead. So we're, we're moving. That yeah. is awesome. Yeah. And if people want to find out more, they go to I Ain't Playing right. Films. Films. Mm-hmm. Com. And let me spell that, please. I-A-I-N-T-P-L-A-Y-I-N mm-hmm. Films, F-I-L-M-S dot com. Please check us out. It's um, not only about the doc documentary, but it's about our other projects. It's about the casting. And there's a link to the website for... Uh, the documentary and scene. But everything you need to know would be on I Ain't Playing Films.com. And remember, there's no G. This is an awesome website. It's really nice. Thank and I you. Just really congratulate you because you've got, you have grown from casting director who is working in a certain traditional way. Yes. And now you find yourself producing, directing, um, and still casting. Yes. Just standing in your full artistic power. Right. Thank you so much. Plus, Oh, two things. So second edition of the book should be out. I'm hoping um, by the end of December 2014, if not early 2015, this is an advanced copy. Um, but you can get the uh, first edition, which ha- which is also in this book and can stand alone at the Drama Bookshop. Um, right now, there's a few copies left. But also a feature film that I uh, was a co-producer on, and uh, worked on, uh, I would say, the uh, the majority of the casting, but it was also a collaborative mm-hmm. effort. It's a feature film called um, Advantageous, and we just learned, that it's going to be announced today, as a matter of fact, that it got accepted. It was one of 41 films that got accepted to uh, Sundance, wow. which is great. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Yay! Yay. Sundance! Yay! <laughs> and I'm very Producer proud. Producer at Sundance. Yes, baby. yes. So it's my fourth film at Sundance, but my first feature and um, so I'm very excited about that. So it's a it's a happy day. That is amazing. Yeah. Um, and who's the director of that? A brilliant, um, wonderful director by the name of Jennifer Fang, P H A N G, and um, she had a feature at Sundance I think in 2008 called Half Life, which I fell in love with. I know 
Half-Life? Do you know Half-Life? Oh, yes. oh yeah, she directed that. Don't wow, you love that movie? That's amazing. Brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant movie. And I was just thrilled when um, they asked me to come on board to be part of their um, creative and uh, producing team. So congratulations to them. I'm thrilled. And uh, what's very exciting is um, there's a great cast that they were able, through their alliances, to uh, procure Kevin Eubinick and Jennifer Ely and uh, Ken Jeong, who's known as being the funny, funny, funny actor on the um, Hangover trilogy. And what's wonderful is that this is his first serious role as an actor. And this was a micro-budget indie. The budget was so minimal on this. It's miraculous that it got this far. And it got this far because of meaningful alliances within the creative team. Wow. It is absolutely possible, but you'd be shocked. I'm not going to even disclose the budget. You'd mm-hmm. be you'd be shocked. Yeah. Wow, I'm looking at everything, and this looks amazing. This, I mean, there's so much to support that you're up to. Thank and you. it's only because you got those huge balls <laughs> <laughs> that this is happening. Because I ain't playing. Because you ain't playing. Right, right, right. And I encourage all the listeners out there to be as courageous as Liz and don't be afraid to expand your reach. Absolutely. It's possible to make something out of desire. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Because it's not like somebody went out of the way to say, here, I'm going to just throw this all in your lap. Absolutely not. I mean, I think you and I can both speak for being completely self-made. Oh, yeah. Yeah, completely. Yeah, because nobody's going to give it to you. And show business is not going to say, please, Roz, Liz, come be a part. Right. (laughs) And you, I do have to say this about you. You could totally rest on your laurels just as an actor, Miss Broadway. Thank Mm -hmm. you. And (laughs) I've seen this thing on stage and I... I feel privileged every time I'm in an audience and I see Roz on stage. I'm just transformed by every performance that I've had the opportunity to see her in. But do you think she's just waiting for her agent to call? Absolutely not. She's doing this podcast. And I did this podcast before the first book, actually. It was about six, seven years ago. Wow. Isn't that crazy? How long has this podcast been around now? 2006. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I remember it was early on. Mm-hmm. So it was. Yeah. It, you were one of our early guests. I was. Yeah. I remember that. So it's full circle. As a casting director. Only. And now you're sitting here as a producer. It's incredible. Director, and casting director. Thank you so much. And that and that you are one of, you're the, the coach that was just the reader's favorite for backstage. Oh, just you. all those, all those wonderful thank things. You. And I love it because although you, you celebrate mm-hmm. your, accomplishments, you don't sit still. And I share that with you. And that's the thing. You got to always be on your hustle. Yep. It's just, a, it's business. Yeah. That's the business part of it. Staying right. relevant and creating. Right. So I, I thank you so much oh, for your time. Oh, thank you. I love you so much. Yay. Hey. This is wonderful.